2: and 365 day returns.
0: You... You... ...culture. Culture. Hi everyone and welcome to A New Winter Cults and Culture. And today I'm going to be talking about Life is Strange 2. And this was um, a follow-up to Life is Strange 1, obviously, which made my top 10 games list of the 2010s. This is a different take. Um, There's a couple of links to the first uh, series, um, but really it's an entirely new story. And um, the only thing that's kind of similar, I guess, is that it's telling... Uh, it's kind of a coming of age story, but, um, there's like a superpower involved in the first one. It was time travel in this one. It's more like telekinesis basically. And it centers around two brothers, Sean and Daniel, who basically are kind of on the run. Uh, that's not really that much of a spoiler because, um, it happens within the first half hour of the game. Uh, but yeah, that's essentially what you're doing. You're just trying to survive. Um, And it's a bit of a cross-country around America. And as you go through, obviously, there's a lot more to it than that. Um, It speaks very much about uh, America, um, how it is at the moment, and, you know, the kind of racial tensions that might be going on. Um, I'm not there, but that's what you hear. Uh, And as well as, you know, what it's like, um for, for different types of people, um, in terms of not just your ethnicity, but also uh, you know, your background or your beliefs or how you just want to live your life. Um, so it was not I would say it's not as emotional as the first one. Um and I'm just gonna give kind of a brief review to begin with before I go into it and give any spoilers away. Um I think my main problem with it was that no matter how much of a hard line you took to the decisions you were making, you were forced to have to go a certain way. Now, I felt like in the early days of these games, uh, like when you think of Walking Dead and things like that, it felt like a lot more subtle. Like you felt you had a lot more agency than what you do um, because of the way, probably the way the questions and answers were sectioned. um, There's a few times where it's just like, oh like for for instance there's a bit where you like um you're gonna go get a tree and I was like and there's there's so many times like this where it's like I don't want to get a tree no should we get a tree no don't want to get a tree the reason being it's like you've got to like keep quiet right because you're supposed to be undercover you you don't want to raise any suspicions right it's part of the story and I was like no why would we why would we risk it but you go you go anyway so there's a point where you're just like, well, what was the point in asking me then? What was the point of having that as an option within the game? And it didn't feel like that in the previous series and in other Walking Dead games, I think. Um, and it's, it's fine. You know, obviously it's not like a choose-your-own-adventure book to a degree where they have to figure out all these different endings and scenes depending on what you choose. I get that, and that's fine, not asking for that. Basically, don't offer it up as an actual like you actually have agency in what's going to happen you can actually define the next scene if you can't have it about something else then make me decide something around it or even just like um you know make it more of a question around the situation that you feel like it's still going to lead there but but by out and out just being like you know what's your opinion on this okay great it doesn't matter anyway cuz we're going to do it cuz it's we have to go to the we have to go there to get to the next bit And it really felt like I was playing a game. Whereas in the first series, it just felt like I was involved a bit more. And like the decisions I'd taken were having more of an effect, even if that was total bullshit, basically. And it had no effect whatsoever. Um, It still felt like I did. And that's part of the reason why it kind of brought me into it. Because it felt like everything that happened was a consequence to what I'd chosen. Didn't get the same feeling from this one. So I don't really, I, I didn't really understand why people said that this might be better than the first one because I really didn't feel it. Um, I think what also didn't help is I didn't really like the characters very much. Um, Daniel, the kid, is the one with the power um, and you're playing Sean, the older brother. Um, I find that Sean was, and this sounds like a absolutely weird criticism, was breathing out a lot. He's always sighing. <sighs> yeah like with every sentence I'm just like what is he doing it's infuriating it's all I could ever hear by the end of it um because I did them all they were released in five episodes but I did them all back to back and Daniel especially in one episode episode four um but Daniel I was just like oh, he's just annoying like I get it he's supposed to be sweet and he's trying to be cute or whatever I was just like he's infuriating and he's becoming a little brat as well um and I know that's kind of supposed to be kind of part of it, but for me it was just too much. I was just like, "It's nothing really like that redeemable apart from the fact it's like, hey, he's just a kid. It's like, he does care, he's just a kid. And it's like, yeah, but he's not, you know, it's just like he, he's a dick or moaning or whinging or whatever, or he's like breaking the rules or he's not taking things seriously. And the next time it's like, oh, help, oh, I'm so sorry. Uh, it's like, yeah, but you keep doing it. <laughs> You're not learning anything. Yeah, but that's what kids are like. It well, I don't enjoy it. I've got kids, thanks, I don't need to don't need to be told what it's like. Um yeah, it's like I just couldn't couldn't get on board with him. And yeah, Sean, um, the older brother, there was just part of me that was just like, oh, he's it's just so wet sometimes. It's like, come on, man, pick yourself up. Jesus, get on with it. Um and yeah, some of the decisions he made, I was just like, it's a really weird way to go, but fine. Um but the story itself I quite enjoyed and it takes you, it's a bit of a road trip. Um, and like the first episode is kind of, uh, I'll try not to give any spoilers away at this, at this point, but the first episode is you, um, it's kind of like obviously the origin story really of why you're on the run a bit, why it's you two by yourself on the, on the streets. And it's kind of a bonding one. Um, and, you like something bad happens basically and you kind of get a bit closer um but then something good happens and you you know you feel a bit better about the world um and that was quite nice so um and then it ends on a bit of a um you know a kind of a, a big dramatic point um which i thought was uh pretty cool and but the whole t- but i remember like when it's like oh when it happened i remember thinking yeah i knew this would happen um but you know whatever he's just Sean's just not that clever to be honest then um yeah the second uh the second episode is when I think it's uh when you go see your um grandparents and you basically stay there for a little bit um and it feels a bit more normal uh which is quite nice in its own way and um yeah, once you, and you find out a bit more about your mother who um, ran away, basically, left you with your dad. Um, and you find a bit more about her background and you kind of get to relate to her a little bit. That's quite interesting. And she's kind of like casting this shadow the whole time over this whole thing anyway. And then third episode, they basically um, are on this uh, weed farm, essentially, and uh, some stuff happens there. Um, and then you're basically out into the wild again. Um, but now it's a little bit different and then episode four again i'm trying I'm to try not really spoil these episode four is to do with like um a church that find out about the power that daniel has and you're kind of dealing with that and then episode five you're on essentially a reservation and you are having one last chance to kind of get across the border and be free for good so that is essentially what the game is kind of about to play it you um, have to make decisions on certain bits. You get to walk around. And I think it's why a lot of people don't like the game is because most of the time you're just walking around looking at stuff and he's like commenting on it. Now for me, that's world building. That's like when you read a book and it's talking about all the details in the room and all this stuff. For other people, that's just boring. So I can understand why people might not like it um, because they might just want to get to the next thing. And I would say this is not the game for you if you want that because there is a lot of like Look here, do this, try that. Um, What's this about? Look at his comics. And, you know, what is he reading? What is he writing? Look at his journal. And you should look at the journal because it's quite cool. Um, And all this stuff, which can be boring, yeah, in people's eyes. But for me, it's like building out this world. And that's the interesting character bits that I actually like. So it puts the rest of everything into context a bit more. And I thought that was pretty cool. Um, And then essentially there's no quick time events or anything like that there's bits where you can you just have to tap a button or something. Um, if you press a trigger, like normally with Daniel and his power, if you press a trigger, um, on some bits that kind of flash up, basically you can get him to use his power to do whatever. Um, but essentially all you're doing is, uh, walking around and making choices and deciding at the last second, there's a countdown for, you know, what you're going to pick a or B or a, B or C, what's it going to be? Um, and like not answering is sometimes uh, an answer as well. So, you know, it's not, you don't have to say anything. Um, and basically that will affect how the rest of the game goes and it affects the endings that you get. And I believe there's like, well, in theory, there's like seven endings or something, but really there's only like like four. Um, the rest, the other ones are kind of variations on, on those. Um, and yeah, the ending I got um all of them are a bit sad basically um so you know if you've played the game and then when you complete it you're like that's not what I expected don't worry they're all kind of like that um but that's part of it it's kind of a bit melancholy and I liked that tone as I said I like the story behind it um I liked the characters I just wasn't that in love with Sean and Daniel I'm going to be brutally honest but um I thought it looked nice I like the style that Don't Nod, the developers um, that they have. But for me, the first game was the better game. It felt like more happened. I liked the power a bit more, and I liked the main characters a lot more, and it felt better. And also the music was better, and that was a big part of it for me for Life is Strange. It's very good music, Um, very apt. So, yeah. So, anyway, um, that's kind of my review. I would recommend that you... Uh, if you kind of want a story-based game, and you know you're you want to be a bit more passive, I would say like just kind of pressing a few buttons here and there, um, then go for it. Uh, and it's a good story. So genuinely, I did, I did think it, I did like the story. If you want a bit more action, a bit more um, oomph, probably stay away from it. Um, I don't consider it that great. Also, an annoying thing. It's not annoying, but they released a demo um called like the adventures of captain Superpants or whatever that released i think before life is strange 2 was released and what you do and if you play that demo it affects what happens in uh episode 2 and well that's kind of it but like then obviously that's not gonna effect for the rest of it um and i enjoyed that one-off demo a bit but i did feel like oh my god this is a waste of my time and i, and I wanted to get into the second episode but it does say like hey have you done this you should do it. It's free, so fine. I do it. Um, maybe do that first. See how you get on with the demo. It's free, um, and yeah, if you like it, then you know you can carry on. Uh, but basically, it plays into what happens from in the um, what happens in episode two of the five episodes of Life is Strange two. So yeah, so that's it. So I do kind of recommend it, but I do think Life is Strange one it was better. So here we go. We're going to go into what actually happens and I'll try and keep this as brief as possible. I'm going to um, just go through it as best I remember. And uh, I've got some stuff written down as well. So I'll try and talk through it. So basically Sean and Daniel are two um, half uh, Mexican kids who live with their dad and he fixes up cars. And yeah, um, so Sean is 16 and Daniel's nine. And you play as Sean, and the first thing you do is you're kind of talking about this party and you're getting ready and it's living a very much a kid's life. It's all very normal. Then you've got this bully next door who basically is being a bit of a dick to Daniel. Um, and then uh so you kind of go outside, you have a bit of a fight with him, a police officer's going by, he's got a bit of an itchy trigger finger, he's a bit nervous, um, and uh you've you've kind of like knocked the boy, the neighbor in the back of the head or something, he's bleeding, you're like, oh fuck. Um so it's all kind of got a bit out of hand. Then the dad comes out, he's like, Oh, well, what's going on? He gets shot and he dies. See ya. So um, once that happens, Daniel starts going crazy. And then basically like there's this like whirlwind just appears and everyone just gets like knocked out. And now you kind of awake, you're looking around, you're like, uh, what the hell just happened? You grab Daniel and you make a run for it. So now you're kind of going through the woods, you find somewhere to stay and... um yeah, you kind of uh, make a little fort, and Daniel doesn't realize his dad is dead. He's forgotten about it, or whatever. So you're like, oh, I'm not going to tell him just yet. Um, so yeah, you stay in the forest, and then the next day you go to uh, like a gas station, which has a little shop inside. And as you're as you're leaving, basically the owner recognizes you as being wanted by the police, and so he um, gets you and locks you in the back. And there's a racist. Stuff kind of going on here as well. But Daniel's able to escape. Anyway, um, Daniel has come back and he's like, okay, let's get you out of here. And you and Daniel work together to get yourself free. You leg it out of there and uh, you meet up with a character who you'd met earlier um, in the shop called Brody, um, who's a bit, who's looking at basically like naked people, but he's like, oh, I'm doing it for research. But you're like, okay, weird. Um, and you get in his car and you drive off and he basically gets you a hotel for the night and he gives you some money and he's like, look, you know, it's just look after each other or whatever, but you're going to have to tell him about your dad. And he's like, and you're like, yeah, yeah, I know. Anyway, you go into the hotel room, you muck about a bit, go get a drink. Meanwhile, he's watched the news and he sees that his dad's dead and they want it by police. He gets in a massive rage and you're like, oh, fuck. Um, and you calm him down and you have to leg it again, basically. And that's the end of episode one. So there's a few like key things that happen um, during here. And I think basically the the short answer is that what you do with Daniel affects the ending of the game for the most part and how he kind of is. So um, you can, uh, for instance, like the first kind of big choice is when you're um, in the forest And you you can either, um, when he's asking about his dad, you can, uh, by seeing what you've done, he can either like go to sleep or he'll maybe ask about his dad or he gets scared. And so that kind of plays into like how his attitude will be going forward. Um, But again, there's only so much um, you can do that will affect what happens. It doesn't feel like you've got that much... um, uh agency, as I said. So for instance, like when Hank, the guy who works there, um, starts talking to you about who you are, what you're doing there and stuff, you can either discuss with him and then basically um and that's what I chose, and then Hank will like grab your arm and try and drag you towards the gas station. Daniel tries to intervene and and Sean gets punched and wakes up in the thingy otherwise you can decide to attack but Hank will just basically beat you up or you can try and flee. Um, But again, Hank punches you and the same kind of thing happens. So again, you don't know this at the time, but um, everything, it doesn't really matter what you choose because you're going to end up being trapped in this gas station, aren't you? And yeah, you can also decide to like call Lila, who is your friend Or don't call her. I've no idea really what happens in the long run with this. I decided not to call her. I was like, why even risk it? Um, Because to me, that was weird. So, um, yeah. You kind of, these little things don't really feel like they matter that much. They're all ending up the same way. Um, But there's little things, like if you steal a lot, then Daniel will notice it. um, And you want to keep his moral, well, it's up to you what you want to do, but like, uh, I kept his moral values quite high. I tried not to steal, not to get him to like beg for money or anything like that. Um, yeah, uh, and I tried to do as much myself as I could, which I think is, the, you know, the right thing. You don't want to make, you know, you've been wanted by the police. You don't want to make things worse. It's not like you're going to be caught for shoplifting. You're going to be caught for the potential murder of these cops or whatever that Daniel did. And that was one thing that stuck with me throughout the whole thing as well, because I was like, well, I think he did kill the cops, right? Like, a cop is dead, and I believe it was down to him. So, like, you know, uh, that's you know, there's not much you can do about that. Maybe I got that confused, but still. So in episode two, um, you're basically practising your power. You found, like, an old log cabin in the snow. And, um, yeah, uh, Daniel's getting much better at controlling this power. That's great. And But Daniel's a bit sick. So then you decide that you go to... Um, your mum's parents you talk about how the fact that your mum was not there that she left you call her Karen um you don't call her mum at any point until well spoiler you meet her later down the road and yeah you stay with the grandparents um and this is quite nice I would say this is fairly boring though but um I quite enjoyed the whole thing of like yeah why wouldn't they just stay here Like, you've got everything you need right the police have already come and asked and because they don't talk to the mother and all this stuff. They don't really talk to the grandparents that much anyway. Um, and yeah, basically you meet the, this boy next door and Daniel shows his powers in front of this kid. And this kid thinks that he has the power. So Daniel, and you've got these rules set up for Daniel, which is like, don't tell anyone about power, don't show it in public, blah, blah, blah. And I try my best to keep to them, but he's like flaunting them around. So they'd be like, okay, sorry, Jesus, like whatever. And you're like, that's to protect us. We're going to go to jail, you idiot. Um, And that was a constant struggle I had in my head throughout this entire game. So basically you go to this Christmas market and there's some hippie girl playing some music on a guitar with this other bloke who I was like, is it a brother? Is it a mate? Is it a boyfriend? I don't really understand. But you're clearly flirting with her and he seems cool with it. Maybe it's like an open relationship thing. I've no idea. So anyway, you talk for a bit and whatever, and these hippies basically get kicked out. And you go do, and this is a point where, like, I didn't have enough money to buy anything for Daniel. So I had to steal a yo yo, and he wouldn't let me just leave because I was thinking, I don't know what else I'm supposed to do. Like, how, at what point would I have more money than this? I don't understand. Like, maybe because if I stole more money in the first episode, maybe. Um, And then I was like, well, I just won't get Daniel anything. I don't want to steal to have to give it to Daniel, but it doesn't let you leave. So you have to steal. And that annoyed me as well. It's like again, I don't really have any control, do I on what this is <sighs> so whatever anyway, you um go back to uh your house and the the granddad is like, "Oh, I've kind of noticed something about daniel um you know is it like you know is it like a superpower thing um and you're like, no." <laughs> You can say, like, yes, I think, but I was like, no, it's nothing. Like, don't worry about it, chill out. And then, um, yeah, then later on, uh, later on, basically, uh, you get in a big argument. You go through your, the Karen stuff, your mum's stuff. You get to learn a bit more about your mum and, like, how she was a poet and how she felt trapped and all this stuff. And then you can find that the grandmother is a bit overbearing, to be honest, yeah. But I think they give her a bit of a rough ride for all the stuff that she's done for them and stuff. Um and then uh, you basically, the this like bookcase or whatever falls on the granddad. And then you can either, you can tell Daniel to use his power or not. I'd said, don't use it. Um, and then he comes out, but he's like, oh, my legs really hurt. You're like, okay, well, I thought you were going to die, mate. And I was, I was willing to let that happen because I don't want Daniel showing his power, but he seems to be able to show anyone, whatever. Um, And then the cops come, they're like, oh, we saw you at the Christmas market. And this is what I was saying before. It's like, I didn't want to go to that Christmas market. But then you have to go because obviously this whole thing has got to happen. And now you've got to run away. So as you kind of get all your stuff and you run out, um, you'll see the little boy next door. Now, I believe that if you don't tell him the truth, he thinks he has superpowers. So he stands in front of a cop car and basically gets hit by a car. Um, In my version, he survived, but you don't know that at that point and otherwise he um, doesn't get hit by the car, he doesn't get hurt or whatever, because he realised he doesn't have the power. Right, so, yeah, fine, whatever. Um, And that's how episode two ends. So it's a bit of a downer. Um, But I thought it was quite nice having, like, an element of getting back to, like, normality, and then that just goes basically tits up again. So, and each time there's, like, stuff happens in between these episodes, so it's quite interesting. So when you start episode three... You're met you've met up with the hippies that you um that were singing in the Christmas market, and now you're working on this weed farm with these other like outcasts essentially. And there's a little bit here where you have to do some of the work and how that does affects what happens later on to a degree, whether you've done a good job. Again, makes no difference. Doesn't really make a difference to what happens. So you kind of start falling in love with um this uh, the girl there i can't remember her name now is it cassidy something like that and uh there's also this guy there um who is the kind of leader of the pack he was there you met him at the christmas market as well there's this guy you weren't sure it was cassie's boyfriend or whatever by the end of the episode you realize that um cassie basically tells you that he's gay and he fancies you so uh it's quite cool because you can um romance cassidy or you can romance the guy if you so wish um so you know I, I always think it's quite cool when it's like you, you know your sexuality is open to like how um you want it to be uh so yeah um always find stuff like that when um, they do it in mass effect and all this stuff it's like it's cool just to have that option like not necessarily like we have to put in a gay character we have to put in a straight character or whatever and things like this it's more like well let's just let the player decide like you you do how you want to do it um and is right, it's still quite limited in the sense of it's just that it's the only player that you've got agency over. But um, yeah, still, I think it's uh, I think it's quite cool sometimes having having stuff like that. Um, yeah, so basically, uh, you um, they <laughs> Daniel gets in trouble um, because basically he's not listening to you and he's just doing whatever he wants and he's getting a real shitty little scumbag by this point. And he gets in trouble with basically this drug lord. <laughs> which you don't want to do. And he doesn't really understand, you know, the intensity of what's happening here. But um, yeah, and it's quite cool because you feel like you've grown up a bit now, a bit more responsibility. You're working basically, even if it is illegally. And so, yeah, when Daniel gets in trouble, um, they go to like teach him a lesson a bit, which is just to basically like rough him up a little bit, even though he's just a kid. And Daniel basically stops it. And, you try and intervene and all this stuff. And basically they find out, um, the other guys find out that Daniel has these powers. And they're like, all oh, right, cool, cool, cool. But you're like, guys, seriously, I have to keep it a secret. So anyway, the guy from uh, the Christmas market, Finn, the guy um, is like, Hey, you know, we can use him to crack open the safe and get all the money in the drug Lord's safe. And this is again, the whole thing where I was like, no, and it was like, come on, there's no risk or whatever. It's fine. Like he can handle himself. And you're like, no, he's like nine. I'm not having him steal from a drug lord. And in my head, the whole thinking of this wasn't like, I'm going to get loads of money and I can run. It was like, I've got the police on my back. I don't want a drug lord on my back as well, as if that will have zero consequence. Of course it will. I don't want to do it. But what happens is you end up being in the situation where you've, you're doing it anyway. So you're with Cassidy and you have this kind of romantic bit. And I was kind of going in to like be all seductive. Um, but you kind of like come out and you're like kind of like playing a little bit. And then I realised that it was like, oh, you can like kiss her and stuff. So obviously I wasn't being seductive enough. <laughs> I should have been more forward maybe. Oh, that's quite funny. But when you, by the time you get out of this uh, naked swim and you've done this like you find out Finn's taken Daniel to go steal the money. So then you have to go and you have to hotwire this car. And I was a bit confused about what I was supposed to do. What was going on and like I had like a screwdriver and I didn't realize that I had a limited number of uses um I had the keys I was like I don't really know what I'm doing um and then at one point it's just like okay we have to go now so it's like okay fine so um we went up there and uh Finn's there with Daniel and he's like oh he's asleep in there it's like you don't know that like we're, we're arguing about it right now so anyway Um, the door opens and the drug lord's in there with a shotgun, lines you all up and he's like, "Right, okay, whose idea was this?" And Finn's like, "I think Finn owns up." He's like, "It's me," and um, so he's like, "Right, so you have to do this," and then you can stop him or not. I like with Daniel. I again, I was like, "I'm not showing this guy. I'm not. I'm sticking to the rules. I'm not showing any powers." This guy shoots Finn and kills him, so he's dead. So, yeah, and. um... Yeah, Daniel goes off on a rage, smashes up the room, and in the process, you get smashed up as well. Um, You come to, Daniel's gone, money's gone, um, and, you know, you're bruised up for good, and basically the police come. So that's how episode three ends. Um, Again, it was okay. I thought the whole thing of stealing from the drug pin kingpin was a bit stupid and again i I felt like i was kind of getting forced down this route constantly um and that my decisions didn't mean anything so it was getting frustrating by this point um but yeah i quite enjoyed the day-to-day of of that episode and the moment-to-momentness of it and you know it's nice it felt chilled um and yeah it just felt like a little bit um like, you know, this could be a home, right? This is okay for them. They don't have to worry so much. So now we get to episode four, which is called Faith. Basically, you wake up in a hospital. You've been captured by the police. They found you. You've lost an eye, um, which is Daniel's fault. Again, he doesn't seem to be too cross with Daniel with this. Um, but I was like, man, you've lost an eye, mate. <laughs> like, I would be fuming, but you seem to be chilled out about it. <laughs> Fine. Fine. Absolutely fine. So you wake up in the hospital and you find out that um you are able to figure out that one of the guys who worked on the farm has got Daniel and you see it because he's kind of put like a coded message in your journal. so now you're like, okay, cool. Um I'm gonna go get Daniel. So you escape from the hospital, you drive down, you have this altercation with like a couple of racist um hillbillies, hicks. Um and yeah, they're like, Oh, do, say this, say this in Spanish and do this. So I just went along with it because I was like, who cares? Like, if it means they're just going to leave you alone, you don't want them calling the police. You don't want any like trouble. Like it's no skin off my back for me to say stuff in Spanish. Like I'm a, I think they were saying like racist stuff. Like I'm a stupid Mexican or whatever. And it's like, okay. And then saying it and it's like, this is like, this is literally like schoolyard stuff. Like what? And the other guy's like, leave him alone. And then you like start crying about it afterwards. And there was that part where it was just like, those are people you you know, you you have to think of the bigger picture here, basically, which is, yeah, this is bad, but you're on the run from killing a policeman. Like you don't you do what you need to do because you've got to think about Daniel and you've got to think about getting out of there. Um and if that means having to like hop on down one leg and make yourself look like an idiot, who cares? You know, you're not on camera, no one's around. Like if these guys are gonna like leave you alone, then fine, do it um i guess there's the argument that like well they might not leave you alone they might think because they've got power over you they they can do whatever yeah and if it comes to that then i'll deal i'll deal with it but if it means just get these idiot like bullies basically off my back then fine because it means more to them than it does to me i'm not going to what change their minds like have a moment in their life where i'm gonna anything i say is gonna have an effect it's not gonna happen is it so yeah whatever so um i believe like uh, as well I should say like from the end of the last episode Finn can survive it um, and Daniel and at this point Daniel can go either way so Daniel now the kind of options you've chosen are starting to have an effect on Daniel and what he um, what he does I believe like Finn can just be in hospital and you can go visit him that's a scene I didn't get cause he died in my run. Um and yeah it's um, one of those things where how much of an effect has Daniel had on everything? Has he taken the cash? Like what? What's happened? Uh, but my one, he did take the cash. Um, and so with this, uh, when you have, have this um, altercation with these couple of guys, you continue on and you go down and uh, you go to this church. Now you walk in um, and I should say like you're walking at one point because your car runs out of petrol or whatever. And you get picked up by a trucker and it's like, do you want to walk it, or are you going to get in with him? And I was like, I'm getting in with him. Like, come on, let's get this moving. Don't know what effect that really has on anything. I think it's just the fact if you can trust someone, I was like, yeah, what's he going to do? So, um, yeah, you get to this church and basically it all becomes, you realise he's in a cult, right? And he's the main star and he's been completely brainwashed. So at this point, you get thrown out and the mum turns up. You're like, oh, right. So you go back and you have a chat with the mum. The mum is basically like, there's no excuses, really. I just couldn't deal with being a mum or a wife and I just want to do my own thing. And that brutal honesty, I thought, was quite appealing <laughs> in a weird way. Um, it's like, yeah, okay, not that there's, uh, you know, that's terrible and it's like, you've got bigger responsibilities than that. But I was like, at least she's being honest with herself about it and, you know, She's not made up for it by any stretch or means, but it's interesting. And I thought it was an interesting character thing where it's like, she seems okay with it with herself. And the fact that she's kind of ventured out to get this freedom, which in theory the kids are doing as well. um, uh, As kind of, she, she kind of can live with herself with this knowledge. And it's almost like the ultimate Zen freedom or whatever, where it's like just totally accepting of everything even the bad it's really weird um but yeah but here she's kind of come back to help daniel so you know some kudos for that i guess so you go and you find you break into like the this mad church woman's place and you've got this guy who's like her henchman essentially carries a gun he's a right dick and the whole time i'm just like man daniel Daniel, sean stand up for yourself like he's got a gun right yeah okay great he's like beating you up he's supposed to be like a man. whatever and he doesn't look like that tough and it's like well it's easy for you to say but it's just like oh it's just an animal it's like so wet especially towards the end but you know I there. so anyway um you work with your mom and you work with the guy who brought him there who was who believed like oh daniel was like the second coming or something like that and took him to his church without realizing that they were just totally going to take advantage of him and you go through all the records and you find out she's She's against medication, but she uses medication. She keeps everyone's records, and she's like this controlling bitch, basically. And you take her on in the church. You have to basically convince Daniel. And I believe the more you convince him is through the stuff that you found at her place. So you, it's really worth kind of going through her stuff properly. Um And you convince him, even though the idea it's there's an element here. Where I was just like, think about what we've been through. And I know you've been brainwashed. It's very easy for me to say, but you know he hasn't been gone like crazy long time. Like, it's not like there's been, like, two years of brainwashing or whatever. But like, two months or something, maybe. And, um, yeah. So I found that whole thing a bit much, where it's like, why wouldn't he, like, trust his brother? He knocked it, he, like, his brother's lost an eye. You know, that in itself, be a bit more, like, upset about whatever. So anyway, they have this basically, you know, um, fight essentially daniel was like right i'm gonna go with these guys and then a accident breaks out and there's a fire and now the church is on fire and then you can decide whether to kill the woman or not i didn't kill her. what was the point in killing her um so daniel kind of pushed her out of the way with his power you walk out and uh, that's basically um the end of the episode uh and i really didn't like it <laughs> that much um i liked the idea that he was in this cult and you're trying to get him free um but yeah, everything just fell a bit flat. And like the way you kind of get Daniel to join you is by, well, there's an element of religious stuff here, I suppose, but um, the henchman keeps beating you up and punching you and you keep getting up to be like, look, I'll take these punches if that's what it means because I love you so much. And I get that there's this trying to like, you know, he's trying to, it's some truth or whatever, like, you know you know, being like that, I really, you know, love you if this is what I have to do to prove it to you these guys would never do this for you kind of thing. Look at what they're doing to me. Um, and it kind of brings Daniel around in some weird way. So the more they're beating him up, the worse they're making it for themselves. Fine. Um, but at the same time, I was just like, Oh God, like, come on. Um, and he's already like had his eye out and that's healing. And now he's just been beating the shit out of as well. Ugh, Just whatever. So yes, that's kind of the end of that episode. And they rescued this little girl, the guy that um, you stayed with as well. Who, um, sorry, helped your brother out. And She's really ill. So hopefully she goes off and she becomes better, which she does. And you find out in the next episode. And then you get to episode five. And this is where um, you're staying with the mum in a commune. And I think there's an element where um, you start realizing that uh, the mum, it might be that the mum is gay or bisexual, maybe, um, because she seems very close with like a woman there. And she keeps talking about being free and being herself. And I think it's it's hinting that um she might it, she might have basically realized that she was gay a bit later in life and this is how she dealt with it um I think that's implicit or that could be read from it because it's not you know it's not the actual reason um but or maybe it's the fact that she just has this open lifestyle so the guy that she's um friends with is the um Uh, Chloe I think her name was in the first series her her dad the security guard at the school he's here and he's staying with these people Um, and you've got like a lovely uh, gay couple as well who are together um, and yeah some artish woman who you think is who I thought was supposed to be like with the mum maybe in a way Um, and yeah and you kind of muck around on this little site in the desert all that stuff's cool and then you realise, like, the FBI are kind of closing in a little bit. Um, But you have this, like, nice time with your mum. She helps you out. She's like, oh, I'll give myself to the cops to kind of buy you some time. I don't really understand that. I still don't, but... okay, fine. Um, And you make this last-ditch run to Mexico. When you get to the wall, you drive really far away from the wall. Why not drive right in front of it or whatever? And then um, he opens it up And then you go all the way back to your car, but on the way back to your car, you get stopped by like whatever, these bounty hunters or whatever that stop people crossing over. And they think you've come in and you haven't. Anyway, police turn up, they realize who you are, you're in jail. So now at this point you're like, shit, okay. So you, you're in jail with the bounty hunters as well. And this Mexican couple who just want to make a good life. And again, you've got some political discourse kind of going on in here with, you're talking about trying to make a better life for the baby and, wherever, don't want to live in poverty in Mexico and the kind of very um, right-wing anti-Mexican stance and the bounty hunters, which like, oh, you know, we're paying for you guys to be here and all this. Um, so there's a bit of that going on. You get pulled into the interview room by this copper and basically Daniel comes and rescues you um, with his power. So then you can, on your way out, you can knock out or kill the police officers. And again, this is all kind of leading into what ending you're going to get. Um, I just knock them out as much as possible. You get all your stuff and toge- <laughs> together and all this. And, but things you can like look at stuff. So there's this real urgency, but at the same time, there's not really that much urgency because you've got loads of options to like look at things and discuss things. You can take revenge against the um, bounty hunter guys if you wanted to. You know, it's up to you. I chose not to. And then you basically drive towards um, the hole you made. Uh, no, it's not the hole you made actually at all, is it? I think it's the actual. Normal outpost? I can't remember. But um, you drive there, basically, and there's loads of cops. You're like, right, well, this is it. So this is now, from here on end, these are the different endings that you get. So the ending that I got was that you um, give yourself up because the the, the policeman has told you that your little brother will be all right because he's too young, but you will go to prison um, for probably a long time because he lists all the stuff that's happened like on your adventure there. And you're like, yeah, it's all kind of added up a bit. Killing a cop is bad, but everything else is pretty bad as well. So I was like, I'm going to give myself up. So I came up, hands up, whatever. They took me in, Daniel, and then it comes this little montage sequence. Daniel goes and stays with the grandparents. You're in jail. You're there for like 15 years, I think. You come out. Daniel's like had a really nice life. He's gone to college or whatever. Um, And then you go and you stay back to where you were in the forest in the first one, which I thought was quite sweet um but you're like a mess you're an absolute mess you're like crying and you've and it's very sad and daniel's like being all over excited but you're just like jaded like completely fucked and you get in a car he gets another car and you drive off in different directions and it's a very sad farewell and daniel like howls because you do this howling throughout which is supposed to be like you're because you're like wolf brothers and um he's howling and he's doing it by himself because you have just you're gone you're out of there, you're gonna do whatever you're gonna do be a drifter, probably um so that's quite sad so and that's the end so basically, Daniel's had a great life, and you've had you've now had a very sad, sad life um where you didn't really do anything <laughs> like to be honest, like you did to a degree, but Daniel was the one that like you know killed the cop, Daniel was the one that caused all the stuff, you're trying to protect Daniel the whole time. Um, but yeah, you've basically sacrificed yourself and for Daniel and now you're like ready to kind of, you're like, we're different people now. So I really liked that ending. It was very sad and very unsatisfying, but at the same time, quite satisfying. Um, another ending you can get is you, uh, both leg it across the border basically. And you start, um, you get into a life of crime and you fix up cars And, um, and yeah, and, uh, you've, and Daniel still got his brother, but basically you get, you seem to be in like the local organized crime unit. And that's quite, that's, and this is the only ending where you end up together, I think. Um, and it's quite sad. You're kind of carrying on your dad's name, but at least you're together, but it's, it doesn't end on a nice note. It ends on the fact that you're basically like a couple of violent thugs, essentially. That's what you've turned into. Um, because that's what you've had to do to survive maybe. That's another ending. Um, The other ending is that um, you, as in Sean, goes uh, to Mexico, drives through, but Daniel jumps out. Um, So Daniel stays and you basically get split up. Um, And yeah. And so you go off and live your life in Mexico and you... um, you can either have it with Cassidy or with Finn. Meanwhile, Daniel is uh, living with the grandparents and doing his own life and stuff still. Um, so weirdly, this might be like the happiest ending um, because Daniel's, I think it's as if Daniel's moral is high, but you've chosen to shoot straight for Mexico. Um, it means you're not together, but you're both free. Um So that's probably the best ending maybe. And again, there's an alternate where it's like, yeah, with your Finn or with your Cassidy. So there are different endings in that degree or by itself, I think. Um, So, I mean, that's three endings in in one, if you know what I mean. And the other one is if, um, I think if you, yeah, you run across the border, but you get shot and you die. And I think it's as if Daniel gets really angry and then Daniel basically is left to fend for himself in Mexico And he becomes this, like, surfer blonde, like, beach boy who is, again, become a bit of a thug by the sounds of it as well. Um, But he seems cool with it. So that's kind of it. Um, And you're dead in that one. So those are the different endings. Um, I think that's all of them. And it's... I think it's pretty cool. I think it's quite uh, nice to have, like, endings that... Are, there isn't like the necessarily the good or the bad ending. It's just like what one is marginally maybe better than another, which is marginally better than another. And it depends what your priority is, really. If it was to look after Daniel, if it was for you both to be together, or if it was about being free, um, or if it was about, you know, redemption, um, then yeah, all these kind of different things have a different effect on the story. Um, and that's it. That's Life is Strange, too. So I thought I'd just kind of run you guys through that real quick and yeah again you can um give us an email at gmail.com. what did you think was it better than the first series did you like daniel and sean did you not um again we're on new winter at a uh, new winter instagram sorry and um twitter so yeah feel free to come check us out and uh follow us and let us know what your thoughts were on life is strange Two. thanks everyone bye You're a winter culture. <laughs>